This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio, the world's most dangerous podcast. This is episode number 345, a special playoff edition of the podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me this week, the guru from RedsMinorLeagues.com, RedLegNation.com, Doug Gray. How are you today, Doug? Chad, I'm not sure I've been this good in quite a while. Well, I mean, let me ask you. Did you just say this was the playoff edition, right? I did say that, so I want to begin with a question for you, Doug, because you've been following the pennant race very closely. What are the Reds' playoff odds right now? What, is, what does the math say? 100%. <laughs> Wait a minute. 100%. Yes, the Cincinnati Reds are in the playoffs. And, you know, um, I think we should talk for just a moment about why everyone needs to be... I don't, they're, yeah, they snuck in, kind of, you know. It took to the very end. But let's talk about why everyone needs to be really, really happy about that in, in, in Reds' country. Am I wrong that we need to just be enjoying the heck out of this? I mean, if you're not happy that your team made the playoffs, I don't know what to tell you. Like, why, why are you even watching any competitive event? Yeah, really. Yeah, I know in a, in a regular season, of course, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have stopped at 60 games in a regular season. And there would have been plenty of time for the rest to claw the way back in. But I know seventh place in the league is not going to get it done. Uh, sure, that's, that's the way it works. But you know what? I don't care. We have, for the last seven years, watched garbage baseball most of the time. They've done nothing but break our hearts. They got our hopes up, and then they dash them very quickly every season. And, uh, you know, we've always said, and I think you and I have had this conversation uh, here on the podcast, Doug, that once you get in the playoffs, you really just got to make the tournament because it's kind of a crapshoot once you get there. And uh, maybe, maybe more, I don't know, maybe more or less this year of a crapshoot. I don't know, but it's still a crapshoot. You just got to get in the tournament. And so you, the way I'm looking at it is we're on the precipice of October, and the Reds, legitimately have a chance to win a World Series. What more can we ask for? Nothing. <laughs> there we go. All right. I thought you'd come up with something we could ask for. We could have asked for a number one seed. But I mean, does it matter? I mean, not really. No, I don't think so. You know, I still I mean, know. Think about it this way. You have to beat everybody to get where you want to be. So does it matter if you play them in the first round or the last round? Not really. Just win. And and the seeding, I'm not sure it means anything anyway, because it's just 60 games worth. I mean, do we know? Well, we know that the Dodgers probably are the best team in the league. We expected that coming in. After that, I, you know, I don't know that we know a whole lot about who's who's good and who's not. Let's talk about the Atlanta Braves. The Reds did qualify for the playoffs, as you know. They are the number seven overall seed, which means they play the number two seed, the champions of the National League's Eastern Division, the Atlanta Braves. Atlanta went 35 and 25 this year, uh, four games ahead of second place Miami. And uh, I want to talk about the specifics of this Braves team. But before we before we do that, I said seven years since the Reds last played in the playoffs. And, uh, and that's true. But it's been a full quarter of a century since the Reds actually won a playoff series. And in that streak of futility of not winning playoff series, who was the uh, first team to defeat the Reds in this streak? You know where I'm going there, Bill? Bill. I called you Bill. I did that once before. We had to start the stupid podcast over. 
Doug. I mean, Bill, I'm sorry that he's insulting you by referring to me as you. So I'm I mean, not sure who that's an insult to more. It's Chad's fault either way. But <laughs> Exactly. But you know where I'm going with that, right? Yeah, I don't want to talk about it, though. I was a young 11-year-old who was very sad. Yeah, well, I was a little older than that. I was uh, in college, and, you know, that 95 Reds team, I've always sort of thought that's the best Reds team in my lifetime. They were really good. And, uh, you know, you had Barry Lark at the height of his powers. Uh, and, and he won the MVP, but he may not have been the best player on that team because Reggie Sanders was amazing. Uh, Ron Gant, Pete Shurek almost won a Cy Young. I mean, uh, Davey Johnson, the manager. And they, they got swept by the Braves in the National League Championship Series behind the Braves' crazy good starting pitching. Greg Maddox, John Smoltz, Tom Glavin. And of course, Never heard of them. Exactly, right? Whatever happened to those guys? Who knows? So, anyway, the, the narrative I'm trying to, to spin here, Doug, is that it's completely flipped now. 25 years later, the Reds are going to break the curse by having their big three starters knock down the, uh, you know, the Reds had the top, best offense in the league in 95. The Braves have one of the top two offenses in the league right now. See, it's it's, it's completely reversed. That means the Reds are going to win and end this stupid streak of not advancing in the playoffs. Are you buying it? Uh, yes, I'm. I'm all. I'm all in. I. I believe your theory. It totally adds up. I'm in. Let's do it. Exactly. Um, Doug's picking up what I'm putting down. Yeah, none of that may, has any, uh, you know, bearing on what's going to happen. And I do want to talk about the specifics of this year's Atlanta Braves. But uh, I don't know. I like the symmetry of of the 25 year. Oh gosh, has it been 25 years? Doug, you've watched yeah. a lot of bad baseball in your life. I really have. Um... Yeah, let's hope this is the year it changes. We'll see, and we will talk about what we expect to happen, but let's talk about these Atlanta Braves. Now, I mentioned their offense, and uh, they did, I think at the end of the year, they the, the Dodgers ended up edging them out in terms of total runs scored and runs per game, but this Braves offense is really good, isn't it? Yeah, they, they really are. I'm pretty sure the Dodgers scored one more run on the season than the I Braves so, did. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we always talk about OPS being, you know, the big key number for offensive players. And, uh, you know, baseball reference has OPS plus, which it, it just adjusts your OPS for the le- or for the ballparks that you play in. Because, you know, some ballparks play a lot differently than others. Yeah, the, the Braves are at 116, um, which is, uh, yeah, it's really good. Um, That's the same as uh, Cincinnati's batting average as a team. <laughs> just about, yes. <laughs> I mean, if you just look up and down their lineup, they've got what, one, two, three, four regulars with OPSs over 900. <laughs> and, yeah. And and really three of those guys have been, and maybe even four you could make the argument, have been, I, w- I would make the argument, four of those guys have been kind of otherworldly in some way. And you got to start with uh, a guy who's a really good contender for the Most Valuable Player Award, I think, uh, which is uh, first baseman Freddie Freeman, you know, a con- all, always an all-star uh, you know, he's always been a great player, but man, he's been another level even for him uh, in the 60 game season, hasn't he? He has. And I mean, realistically, I mean, you can make an argument he might only be the third best player on that team. <laughs> That's where I was going. That's crazy, but it's true. I mean, Marcelo Zuna went in the last day of the season uh, needing like three or four hits to win the Triple Crown. I mean, he, he led the league in home runs and RBIs and he hit 338. That's <laughs> <I mean, laughs> not bad. But, you remember you remember yeah, when we were talking about Ozuna on this podcast because we were kind of you know, the Reds were in the mix to to sign him and he couldn't get what he wanted so he signed a one year deal with Atlanta. Boy, that's worked out for him. That that worked out very well for Atlanta, I'm sure. 
and probably for Ozuna as he goes back on the free agent market. Well, I've, well, that, depends, that's right? a different yeah. topic for a different podcast, True. but I'll True. just say that I don't believe anybody's going to spend any money until I see it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, might, it may have hurt his wallet. Uh, anyway, we, yeah, we don't want to talk about that nonsense because as Eugenio Suarez would say, Doug, huh? Good, Good vibes, vibes only. only. Good vibes only. Um, but I don't know. I'm starting to get uh, depressed a little when I look at this Braves lineup. I mean, Freddie Freeman, 341 average. 462 on base, 640 slugging, 13 home runs. Marcelo Zuna, 338 average, 431 on base, 636 slugging, 18 home runs. And then Ronald Acuna Jr., 22 years old. Is there is there a, a player, if you were going to start a team, there's two players I have in my mind, but if you were going to start a team tomorrow, would Acuna be at the top of your list of guys you'd like to have? I mean, he'd be near it. Uh, I mean, I might, I might lean... Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah, but that's the other guy. I mean, I was... I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be pretty happy either way I wind up. Yeah, really. Give me the number two pick. I'll be okay. Yeah, Acuna, uh, 14 home runs. Uh, just, uh, golly, 406 on base, 581 slugging, OPS plus 155, which is the third best on the team. And uh, I mentioned Ozuna is the uh, leading uh, home run hitter for the Braves. Who's number two in home runs for the Braves? I'll give you the opportunity to talk about our old friend. Our old friend Adam Duvall, who hit, I think, uh, 914 in the month of September. <laughs> he did. I think that's a precise count, yes. Adam Duvall, you know, I, I want Adam Duvall to uh, lose two games here soon, but uh, I have no trouble at all being happy for Adam Duvall's success, right? I, I mean, he was almost out of the major leagues last year, right? Literally. I mean, yeah. he, he really was, and then, you know, he got his opportunity, and, I mean, he did... You know what? I mean, for the most part, this is kind of who we expect him to be. Didn't hit for much average. He hit 237 this year. Didn't draw many walks, so he's 301 on base percentage. But man, when he hits the ball, he really hits the ball. He slugged 532 with 16 home runs in 57 games. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a quintessential, uh, you know, Cincinnati Red season for Adam Duvall. That's exactly what he did when he was at his best for the, you know, the couple of years that he was, he was pretty good in Cincinnati. And uh, he just hits the ball a long way, and he's not going to kill you with the glove. And it can be a useful player. Frankly, yeah. Um, so yeah, happy for Adam Duvall. I, I hope his season is about to end. But man, I mean, just look at the rest. Travis Darnold, golly, as a catcher, yeah, they're 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 a good offense, Chad. They really yes. are. They are a very good offense. Now, uh, let's look at their pitch. Well, first of all, how, how does this 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 is where the Cincinnati Reds uh, starting rotation, and we've got uh, Bauer going game one. Um, Castillo game two, right? Am I in Sunday Gray? In Sunday Gray game three. So we're not playing game three, but oh, thank you very much. Yes, exactly. If necessary, because 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 they're advancing, right? right, Exactly. Yeah, I was talking about game three of the National uh, Division Series. Um, wow, it's going to be. I mean, we have we have this great big three, and uh, you know, I'm not sure you pick any two of them. I'm not sure any team has two. As good as any of those, some teams will argue that, and it's arguable. But in terms of a of a top three, it's fantastic, and that's what my argument has been for a long time: is that if the Reds just sneak into the playoffs, sneak on in, it's going to be a big a big benefit having those guys. But they've got their work cut out for them big time, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if one of them succumbed to this Braves offense. As much as I hate to suggest that, they're that good, right? They are. Now, I, I'll just go ahead and say this much. 
if there is any benefit to the way the Reds pitching lines up to the Braves hitting, uh, it's that most of the Braves' good hitters are right-handed. Yeah, all of the Reds' pitchers are right-handed. Uh, you know, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to face off against Freddie Freeman. Uh, but you know, the other two lefties in the lineup, Ender Enciarte, Nick Markakis. I mean, they're they're not exactly having good years. Um, Ozzy Albies is a switch hitter, but he has been absolutely terrible this year as a left-handed hitter, uh, rocking a 259 slugging percentage with a 250 on base percentage. Uh, now, small sample size, of course, but uh, I mean, he's not going to go up there and hit right-handed against right-handed pitchers, and he's been really, really bad. Yeah, you're right. So, so I, that that that's the one place that I would feel confident, even if you didn't have. Guys like Trevor Bauer and Luis Castillo and Sonny Grader run out there, but especially when you've got those guys, if you're going to look for something, that's that's the advantage I think the Reds have that can kind of counterbalance the very good hitting for for the Atlanta Braves. Oh, I love it. Hash Brown, good vibes only. That's right. That's our that's our uh, glass half full analysis uh, there, and it's it's true because I mean Freeman's the only uh, you know solidly above average left-handed hitter that you've really got there. Now, um, you know what would have been funny? It would have been hilarious. I mean, hilarious. If the Reds had announced the starting, uh, the the way they lined up the rotation, they just announced that it was uh, games one and two were going to be started by Scott Feldman and Dan Straley. Wouldn't that have been great? I mean, I would have laughed, but I feel like a lot of people would have been very upset. You think so? That. Yeah, people, people tend to get mad online a lot. I'm not sure if you've ever been online before or not, Never Dan, noticed but... that, no. They they do get a little bit angry when you, you make funny jokes. Uh, we could maybe have, uh, you know, game three. We could uh, say it's going to be a bullpen day. We'll start with uh, Kevin Quackenbush. I mean, if they want to, that's fine because as we just said three minutes ago, there's not going to be a game exactly, three. So yes, so Kevin Quackenbush can go out there and start all he wants. <laughs> oh, good old Kevin Quackenbush. Fear the mighty Quackenbush. If you've heard that story, okay. So uh, the offense is legit though for for Atlanta. We. Have to concede that they're really good, but now let's talk pitching. And the pitching is less clear for Atlanta, and it's a clear advantage for Cincinnati uh, on overall pitching. I, I think. First of all, um, a couple of guys the Braves were depending on, uh, Mike Soraka and uh, and oh gosh, who am I forgetting? Injured out for the season, uh, Cole Hamels. Yes. And so uh, they've had a couple of, of, of good performers. In the short season, really though, the only one that's a legit. I think this guy's just an absolute future star, uh, and it, he's the ace of this team. And you know, he's going to give Bauer fits in Game One. Tell us about uh, the ace of the Atlanta staff. I mean, I'm going to assume you're talking about Max Fried. Oh yeah. Um, he's you know seven and zero this season with a two point two five ERA, mid eleven starts. Yeah, twenty six uh, years old. I mean, the guy's he's the real deal, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, yeah, left-hander. I mean, he's given up two home runs this season, Chad. I mean, uh, with the way the game is played today, yeah. and even you know, two home runs over 50. I mean, if you just extrapolate that, you put him out there for 200 innings, which would be a great season. That's eight home runs. <laughs> he keeps the ball in the ballpark, um, and you know, that it's it's been a big talking point that the Reds get a lot of their runs off of home runs. Well, he doesn't give up home runs. So that, that'll be a very interesting matchup between him and the Reds lineup. Well, and to kind of uh, play off that point, the Braves' uh, pitching staff overall have given up uh, fewer runs off a home run than uh, than any team in baseball. And, uh, you know, 
uh, the, it, it's sort of a, a it's not really a joke, but it's become a kind of a uh, a meme about oh they only get score on home runs, but the Reds are like fifth in most runs scored on home runs. So it's not it's not it's not incorrect analysis, and the Braves do not give up home runs, and a lot of that is because of Max Freed. Uh, Freed versus Trevor Bauer in Game One is going to be wild. Man, I wish it weren't yeah. at noon. Yeah, can't you just uh, call in sick for work? Does does that work? No. Well, I could yeah. I guess. Well, well, there you go. I mean, I I feel like I'm hearing you sniffle already. <laughs> no, no, let's not uh, let's not do that. Um, but uh, that's going to be a, that's going to be a big game. And but then after that, it's a little bit murkier for the Braves. Their number two game two starter is going to be Ian Anderson, who has had a very very good season. It must be said, but it's at uh, 1.95 ERA, but only six starts. 22 year old rookie, so a young, really talented guy, but. Again, only six starts, and it's going to be a 22-year-old in the bright lights of uh, almost October. So, uh, well, it will be October by the time he starts. So, I, you know, I, he's been good, and he has he's highly touted, but uh, less sure than, than Freed, I guess is what I would say. You got any thoughts on Ian Anderson? I, I mean, I, I think you summed up what I was going to say. You know, he's been very good, but it's been half of a short season already, and, you know, he's 22. You, you don't really know how somebody's going to respond until they get out there in that situation, and... He's never been there, so. Well, I hope this is the, the last time he pitches in 2020. Uh, if it came to Game 3 after that, it's really just, uh, you know, um, Kyle Wright's going to get the start, 24-year-old, who's again, another highly touted guy, but um, not had a good season. Had been better recently, but still really inconsistent, not a great season. So clear advantage, especially once you get past, uh, and even in Game 1, uh, advantage Reds, but... As you get deeper into uh, the starting rotations, the Reds have a huge advantage there, don't they? They do. Um, I, I think that, you know, you can – Max Freed, Trevor Bauer, you know, you, you're probably giving a slight edge to Trevor Bauer. But I, I'd say that you'd be fair in saying that's kind of a coin flip sure. starting pitcher situation. Um, I, I think the one big advantage that, that Trevor Bauer gives you is he can give you length if you need it. Uh, you know, he and Max Freed both started 11 games. Uh, but Max Free threw 17 fewer innings. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, although but, the Braves bullpen yeah. is is pretty good, and so you know, uh, once you get out of I, into the bullpen, it's not exactly you know fun times. Yeah, I, I didn't want to bring that up just yet, <laughs> but you're 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 not wrong. Well, here's two points that I want to make then before we uh, analyze the bullpen a little bit more and, and look at the series overall. There are two things that uh, I believe has to happen. Well, let's go ahead and talk about the bullpen because one of those relates specifically to the bullpen. Then we'll get into the other one later. Um, the Braves bullpen, uh, you know, Mark Melanson, 42 years old or something now, 52, 72, still going strong. Uh, Tyler Matzik, Shane Green, really pretty good uh, trio out there. Uh, not to mention A.J. Minther, who has been uh, unhittable just about in 21 innings. So um, it's a really good bullpen. And... Uh, that so my, my point was that the Reds really kind of need to score early, especially off an Ian Anderson type. But if they can score early off Max Freed, they're going to be in a lot better shape. That's where they need to get their runs. Does that make sense? Yeah, and you know I, I think that that kind of plays out, or at least recently for all playoff series, doesn't it? I mean, I feel like the teams that advance in the playoffs are the teams that have the the shutdown bullpens, and I mean that's that's certainly the Atlanta Braves. Um, or at least they've played that way so far this season. You, I guess you never know until it happens, but, I mean, they've got, what, five guys in their bullpen with the ERAs under three? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a pretty good bullpen. 
And it's a perfect example of what uh, we always say about bullpens. You know, how you just you don't know from a year one year to the next. Atlanta's bullpen last year was garbage. I mean, they were really bad. And this year they've been dependable. Um, how are we feeling about the Reds' bullpen? I'm feeling a whole lot better than I was before the trade deadline, certainly. Um, I think uh, I'm, I'm pretty confident in this group. I mean, absolutely. I mean, let's we'll start at the very back. Has Rice Iglesias had a better season than he's had this year ever? <laughs> it's as bad as badly as it started. It's hard to hard to say, but he's been he's been the Rizel Iglesias that we came to know and love for so many years. Just absolutely dependable, and uh, I don't know. We we kind of lost faith with Rizel a little bit because he, he did struggle for a year and a half. But I don't know. He's looked awfully great. I mean, and he's like you say, he's, he's looked as as good or better than he looked when he was at the height of his powers, hasn't he? He he really has, and uh, I mean. I, I have 100% confidence in him, and uh, he's not the only one. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure who technically would qualify as the quote-unquote setup man, but I feel like I could name four or five guys right now that I'd be perfectly fine with going, hey, one-run game, eighth inning, playoffs, take the ball, get it done, and I'd be fine with that. I mean, they went out and got Archie Bradley. I, I, love, I love me some Archie Bradley. Do you, have any, do you have any qualms with putting him out there? With that beard? No. <laughs> Well, okay. If he comes out without the beard, I'm I'm with you. We might have a problem. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out on that. Uh, but you know, Amir Garrett, depending on the matchup. I mean, I'm not even depending on the matchup, but I think that's how it'll play out. Uh, you know, if they've got lefties coming up, they're going to send Amir out there, right? And Amir is death to lefties. Uh, I mean, after that, you can go with Lucas Sims, who has been just downright filthy all season long. Just great. Just fantastic. And I mean, how about T.J. Antone? What about TJ Antone? That guy has that guy has uh, in you know twelve months here created a career for himself, and I'm excited to have him on the in the Reds uh, on the Reds pitching staff. I mean, he he really had. I mean, I I love how you put that created a career for himself because he really did go from a guy who was kind of a, I mean, maybe a number five swing man, long reliever kind of guy to a guy who maybe I mean, really, I mean, he's at this point a guy who looks like he could be an eighth or ninth inning guy. If given the opportunity, uh, that's that's a very drastic difference in uh, uh, career earnings. If I if I do say so myself, <laughs> yes, good for him. Uh, another another sweet beard. Um, I like the, one thing that about the Braves bullpen that you know they do have a very good bullpen. But if something goes wrong and you got to go to the bullpen early, I don't mind the Reds' chances because we, we have guys like Lucas Sims and T.J. Antone that can go along. Anthony Discafani that can go along if we need to. And the Reds I also mean, have the short guys. I mean, the Reds have a really well-rounded bullpen, I guess is where I'm going with that. Uh, I mean, we didn't even bring up Tyler Malley, who is – I mean, the roster is not out yet, but there's no way they're going to keep Tyler Malley off the roster, right? Exactly. You're right. I didn't, I didn't even mention him. And Yeah, that's the guy you go to. You I mean, I, I'm fine with Tyler Malley giving the ball, too. Yeah, well, he showed, he's shown absolutely nothing this year that should suggest that we should have no like not have any confidence in him, right? It's kind of the the Mike Leake corollary. Whereas if Tyler Malley were on the Braves, he'd be getting one of these starts in the, for the in the playoffs. But with the Reds, you know, uh, he's the number four guy and a really you're good thinking, number four guy. Yeah, you know, you're thinking where does he where does he fit in in this series? Because I, mean, I mean, it's not it's not like you don't have you know questions in the bullpen. You can be like, oh, we can just throw Tyler Malley in there. Like it's a really good bullpen, but. It's, the rotation is also just insane. Yeah, he can't crack that rotation, which is not a criticism of, of Tyler Malley. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see where David Bell uh, uses Tyler Malley. You know, because that's a that's a good pitcher who now all of a sudden you can uh, 
you, you have this uh, more urgent situation here where, you know, you're not going to go with some, certain people as long, maybe, or, you know, maybe he wants to use him uh, in a seventh, eighth inning role, you know, when you need some outs. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see because he's, he's extremely talented, but, you know, do you put him ahead of one of these other guys? It's, it's a good problem to have. The Reds got the pitching. That they did. Um, okay, so offense, Braves have the advantage. Uh, pitching Reds, uh, starting pitching, the Reds definitely have the advantage. Overall pitching staff, I think you give the Reds the advantage overall, right? Don't you think? Uh, I would. I, 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 you know, we we've talked how good the Braves bullpen is, and I, I'm not really sure it's any better than the Reds bullpen. So, yeah, you, right. you go Reds because the rotation's better. And the starters are, yeah, substantially, substantially better. So, uh, now the other thing I wanted to say here, and I don't want to put too much pressure on the guys because I know they're all listening. To this podcast, but it seems to me, and I don't want to worry uh, the fans out there either. But game one is as important a game as any game in the last well since uh, since Buster Posey hit that grand slam. Oh God! Why did you bring that up? <laughs> I went there, didn't I? Oh, God. oh my heart is hurting. <laughs> game one is the most important it's one of the you know like three most important games in the last 25 years maybe the most important and here's the reason i say that if if the reds can win game one if trevor bauer can outduel max freed and the reds can go up one game to nothing the braves are sitting there knowing that they've got ian anderson and kyle wright going but also knowing that they have to win two games against luis castillo and sonny gray they got to win them both and that's a that's a tall order for any team especially when you're counting on a 22-year-old and a 24-year-old in their first uh, playoff appearances. Actually, right, may he's still technically a rookie this year. Uh, he qualifies as a rookie, but he may have pitched uh, in the playoffs last year. I don't, I don't know that. But um, if the Reds can just win that game one, I think this series is over. And, of course, I shouldn't say that because I just referenced that giant series where the Reds were up. But uh, two games to none, but... Does it make sense? I mean, if they can win that game, they are in as strong a position as you could possibly be in. Yeah, I mean, if you're telling me that I only need to win one game and I get to send Sonny Gray and Luis Castillo out there, I feel really good. And I don't care who the matchup is. I feel really good. Right, yeah, yeah, against any team. That was the, you know, I heard uh, Mo Egger ask the question, and I still don't really know the answer to this. I don't know how how I land on it, but he asked the question, well, if you're if you're going into the playoffs... Wouldn't you like to go ahead and get the Dodgers? Because it's easier to beat the Dodgers twice than it would be to beat them four times, for example, later. And uh, and and you know, similarly, if you can win that game one, the, all the pressure's on the Dodgers, and it, it'll be that way with the with the Braves, the number two seed. All the pressure flips to them. And as much as the Reds are playing loose and playing, uh, you know, together, they're effing nightmare, according to Joey Votto. Um, I don't know. I just think I think that the series is over if they can win that first game. I really, I'm tempting. I'm tempting fate by saying that everybody's going to yell at me. I know. I'm sorry. Feel free to yell at me on on the twitters, but I don't know. Just it seems like if they can win that one, it's just uh, it's just huge. What do you think about that idea about the Dodgers? By the way, if they'd gotten the Dodgers, I I can see it both ways. I think that the one argument against that would be that in the first round they still get to play at home. So you you don't have the fan home field advantage, but, but you get the comfort you get the comfort mm-hmm. level of being at home in the home field advantage. You get to sleep in your own bed with your own family. And I mean especially in the first round when 
I mean, I don't know if you heard this or not, Chad, but uh, the home team can have their family in the stadium. Oh, really? No, I hadn't heard that. The, the, the road team cannot. Well, that's a tiny home field advantage, I guess. Yeah. So if you're gonna if you're gonna make the argument, uh, you know, the, the comfort level of being the home team does play into that a little bit. Now, I'm not a professional athlete. Uh, I'm not gonna pretend to be, but I have to imagine that it does make a little bit of a difference to be able to sleep in your own bed and be in your own clubhouse and everything that you're a little bit more familiar with, uh, especially when you're going into a, a high pressure situation like you you know, feel like it would be for the playoffs. Yeah. No. I mean, again, you don't know how much of a, an advantage, but there's there's something there. Now, let me ask you this question. I think, well, on that question, I think I go with, uh, yeah, I probably want to not have the Dodgers to start out with um, because I would rather, you know. You'd rather somebody else beat the Dodgers so you could beat that team? Well, for real. I'd rather I'd rather hope somebody <laughs> else knocks them off, and uh, at least you got a chance of that. Now, but the, the, the corollary there is that I was thinking about this, sort of thinking out loud uh, on on the Twitters uh, last night. And I look at the top four seeds in this, uh, I guess you could look at the top six as well since the Rays are seventh, but look at those top four. I think the Braves are the team, if I could pick one, not that the Braves aren't good because they're very good, but I think if I could hand pick an opponent for the Reds in the first round, I probably would have picked the Braves. Where would you have gone? Maybe the Braves. I would. I, I haven't seen what has transpired with the Padres uh, ace who got injured over the weekend and whether he's actually going to be able to pitch or not. If he's not, uh, then maybe the Padres. Because while they've got a really good offense, so do the Braves. So um, if if their ace is out for the playoffs, maybe them just because Max Fried does provide at least a little bit of wiggle room for the Braves there that maybe the Padres couldn't quite match up with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I but, see that as well. I see that, but uh, I guess my point is, this is not the work, considering how awful the Reds played for almost all of this season, and so so they had to kind of struggle across the line, it could have been a lot worse, frankly. Uh, the Reds, ma- I feel like the Reds match up well with the Braves. I think our strengths and their strengths, I really feel like the Reds match up well. Am I looking at that through, uh, you know, rose-colored glasses or because I want the Reds to match up better? Or is, is that a real thing? Maybe both. I mean, if, I, if I'm going to be honest, I feel like the Reds match up fairly well with anybody because of the starting pitching they have. Yeah, maybe I would say that with I, any I, opponent. Good point. I, I mean, the, the, the offense has its issues. I'm not going to try and sugarcoat it. But from a pure talent level... On any given day, you can look at that red lineup and go, yeah, that's a good lineup. They haven't performed that way so far this year. I mean, and even in their little their little run they've been on, uh, you know, Tom wrote about it today at Red League Nation. It, you know, they played a little bit better, but they haven't really still played up to their potential, and that really wasn't what turned them around. The pitching just pitched a lot better down the stretch, uh, and so they didn't need to score as many runs. But... I mean, it, it's not like the Reds' offense is without talent. They just haven't put it all together at the same time. Yeah. No, it's, it's absolutely true. You know, I, I look at this uh, Reds' offense, and, and they did play a little better down the stretch, obviously. Uh, the runs per game went up, but you're, but you're right. Um, the fact of the matter is, Luis Castillo, Trevor Bauer, Sonny Gray, Tyler Malley really kind of dragged this team to the playoffs on their backs. They kept the 
team from falling too far out of the race when the offense was hitting awful. And then when the offense started hitting a little bit better, they put it into overdrive down the stretch. And so uh, those four guys right there, and I would include Tyler Malley with what we call the big three, those are your MVPs this year. Because without those four guys doing what they've done, this rest team is long gone. I mean, you know, they're 12th place or something. I mean, it, it, there's no chance of, of recovering. So everyone wants to talk about, you know, Votto hit well there for a stretch, and Mustak has been great, you know, for the last little bit. Uh, whatever. Suarez has hit a little bit better. Um, but if it's not for those four, Akiyama's been, been, been better. We're not even talking playoffs. Playoffs? I don't think we can overestimate how much. And I saw uh, Tom's piece. is a really good piece at Red Lake Nation. You, you should all go read. Um Without those pitchers, I don't know. It's and that kind of worries me a little bit, though, because what if the Reds have a little bit of a? Here's me being, you know, I, I know it's good vibes only. Never mind. But what if the Reds' offense? They've got to they got to score some runs. They got to give at least a few runs. Are are we concerned about the offense going into the playoffs? Well, I think I think you have to be a little bit, right? Hash brown, good vibes only. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna break the rule because it's true. Buddy, you have to be. Our, our, our buddy Bobby Nightingale tweeted this out uh, 40 minutes ago. The magic number for the Reds' offense is three. They have a 30 and 11 record when scoring at least three runs this season. They're one in 18 when they don't score three runs. Well, that's a testament to how good the pitching's been, isn't it? Just yeah, three means, runs. I mean, I mean, 19 out of 60 games. That's 33 percent of their. Well, it's a little bit less than 33 percent. They didn't score three runs. So, yeah, I, I think that you have to be a little bit concerned about the offense. Now, the Reds team that they're going into the playoffs with is a lot different than the team they had in the first month of the season. You know, guys like Philip Irvin, you know, Matt Josh Davidson, Van Meter, Matt Davidson, Travis Jankowski. You know, you, those, guys, those guys aren't on the team. I mean, I guess Jankowski could still technically be on the team because he, he is in the player pool, and so is Davidson. Uh, but it, they're not expected right. to be. Um, David, and, and Davidson so, and Irvin started on opening day. Yeah. So it's a, it's a they won on opening day, so maybe we can get Urban back. Just game yeah. one and um, see what happens. No, no, it doesn't work. No, I'm not, not sure that's how it works, but you're right. I mean we got a healthy Mustakas now. You know, Akiyama is has acclimated himself to American baseball very, very nicely. And uh it is a it is a different team. Uh, Sinzel's healthy, although I think um it's been a rough year for Nick Sinzel, but um I think the office is in the best shape they've been health-wise all season long, and and you got a bunch of guys that are starting to uh, really uh, really hit well. Uh, I would not be surprised. I was going to ask you who you think is going to be the guy that's going to be sort of you know we talk about Eric Davis's big nineteen ninety home run in game one and how that got the Reds are going to have somebody that's going to set the tone early, and I've I've been ready to drop a prediction about Nick Castellanos because I wrote a, a glowing piece about Castellanos at uh, Cincinnati Magazine earlier this year, and he proceeded to go off the deep end. I mean, just did not hit well almost immediately after that uh, column that I wrote. But I I feel like he's going to have a big series. I feel like he's going to be the guy the team's going to kind of rally around because when he's playing well, he's kind of exuberant, and he's a – I don't know. That's, that's my opinion. Is there, is there a guy that you think is going to be a breakout guy during this series? I mean, I, I hate to call Joey Votto a breakout guy, but I'm just feeling it with Joey Votto. I, I think that one, uh, he's 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 locked in right now with his approach, his his mechanics. Uh, two, I, I think that he also kind of understands that you know, Father Time is undefeated, even though he has seemed to kind of figure it out a little bit more lately. Uh, and he knows that you know this this might be 
the the last good chance he's got to make an impact in the playoffs. Yeah, you could um, you could see him hitting a, like a first inning home run or something, and the team kind of rallying around the elder statesman and trying to get him uh, you know across the finish line. I could see that. I hope to see that. Yeah. I'd love it. Yeah. yeah so I, I, I'm I'm picking Votto. Uh, we'll we'll see. But you know what's fun though, Chad is. You know, if I would have said Jesse Winker or Mike Moustakis, uh, you you pick Nick Castellanos. I mean, that's those are four guys that I feel comfortable saying could definitely be that guy that just. I, I didn't even mention Eugenio Suarez. I mean, <laughs> right. again, like like I said five minutes ago, there is talent on this offense. They yeah. just they just got to put it together at the right or at all at the same time. They really haven't scratched the uh, the surface of what this offense could be this year, and it, and it, it does. It concerns me that they won't. That they'll continue to struggle a little bit, then uh, it'll be too late. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it really, I mean, it, it could just be two games. I mean, I, I don't want it to be two games, but, uh, you know, even the best teams in baseball lose 60 games a year. They're going to have two-game losing streaks every so often. Yeah, yeah. This this one, you know, I'm comfortable with the pitching, and one of those pitchers may end up having a bad outing, but this series is going to live and die. By the offense. I mean, pull up the uh, the Bra- if you go to Baseball Reference and pull up a couple tabs, the Braves and the Reds, and just flip back and forth, and look at their offenses side by side, and it's ugly. But then you don't 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 do it. Yeah, don't don't, don't, do, don't, it. don't do it. It'll make your eyes hurt. But but you look at this Reds offense, and they we keep saying it, and at some point, I guess you are what your numbers say you are. But I don't think that's true with this team. I, you look at Joey Votto, Mike Mustakas, Eugenio Suarez, Shogo Akiyama, Nixon Zell, Nick Castellanos, Jesse Winker. Uh, Brian Goodwin. Well, he has a good beard. Um, it's not a bad offense, but it's time to perform. Because if you don't, we're going home, and then it's going to be a really not a fun episode of the podcast we have to record after that. So, prediction time, Doug. I am going to tell Fangraphs how wrong they are. What did Fangraphs uh, say? Tell our tell our listeners, our Fangraphs- our viewers. Now this is just this is an algorithm. This isn't actually someone's opinion. So you can get mad at Fangraphs. The well, I mean, you can go yell at at, at Dan Simborski because I'm pretty sure he wrote the algorithm for it. Uh, but they have the Braves at a 63% chance of winning the series, uh, and they're wrong because the Reds <laughs> are going to win in two. You know, um, they are wrong. I mean, I'll say that. The math is wrong. Math is always wrong, which is why I decided to go to law school. Makes sense. I tell uh, my students all the time: if you if you want, you know, absolutely correct answers, you should have gone to math school, not law school. But I think it's going to be Reds in three. I think we're going to get Sonny Gray with a huge performance in that game three, and the Reds are going to the Reds are going to win game three like ten to one or something. It's going to be like that uh, Braves-Cardinals wildcard game where, uh, I hate to say it, but the, uh, never mind, I'm not going to go there. You can look it up if you want to. But the Reds are going to jump on uh, the Braves early and win going away. But uh, I, I, I feel like this is a good matchup for the Reds. I feel like they're going to win. So um, Doug's predicting a sweep. I'm predicting a near sweep. I guess we'll be back to talk about it. Uh, and maybe, uh, maybe even we'll come back and, I guess if the Reds win... This series, Doug, you and I are going to have to preview every series from here on out, right? I'm in. All right. I'm in for it as well. All right. Any final thoughts about the fact that the Reds are back in the playoffs? I mean, I'm just, just I'm excited, Chad. I am, I'm ready for this. 
And, I mean, as you said, I've watched a lot of really bad baseball. I really hope that doesn't continue. Yes, listen, you each need to be extremely excited about this. I don't care that they're the seventh seed. I don't care that they played awful for most of the season. We don't get games that mean things, that mean something very often as Cincinnati sports fans. And so enjoy it, cherish it. You have a team that's honestly a lot of fun individuals to cheer for, and uh, I'm excited to see what they do. All right, for Doug Gray and Reggie Sanders, we're going to exercise the demons of 1995. This is Chad Dotson saying, good vibes only. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.